your students, you're dismissed. Christopher, thank y'all. Zachary, Sean, Derek, Bethany, thank y'all. Justin, thank you very much. That's what we want, isn't it? Peace. Yes, yes. Yes, that's what we want. Um, real quickly, let me make three quick announcements. Tommy, would you shut... Uh, thank you, you already beat me to it. Bless you. Three quick announcements so I won't get in trouble by forgetting them at the end. Um, not this coming Sunday, but two weeks from the day is Easter. And uh, we'll have a special service that Sunday morning. Uh, the kids will be involved. And there'll just be some neat things going on, some special music that I think y'all will enjoy. We'll have breakfast. And so if you want to get here a few minutes early to earlier than 10, 15 to uh, get some breakfast, uh, you're welcome to do that. And I think, I think it'll be a, a lovely uh, day to just to gather and celebrate uh, what Jesus did for us when he died and rose again. The Friday night before that, which is the 15th, which is tax day, ooh, to counteract the darkness of tax day, uh, we're going to gather at Kim and Jerry's house at 5 o'clock. And uh, you're welcome to come. You're welcome to bring uh, friends. You're welcome to bring your children. There's no child care. But it's not, we, I, would, I don't want child care. We're going to gather. And we'll then gather in smaller groups that Friday night. And uh, we're going to celebrate Passover. And try to in some ways duplicate what the people of God have been doing on that Friday night evening um, for 4,000 years. And it's just to uh, discover and celebrate and reflect and give thanks for the, the attribute of God that is so clearly displayed in that Passover meal in the event that it remembers and that is God's ability to redeem and to rescue and to bring deliverance and salvation to those that are enslaved and captive and uh, in bondage um, and so I hope you'll come and be a part of that it won't last long less than, it'll be an hour or less but we'll gather and talk about the elements of the Passover what happened at Passover, your, like I said, your children can come. The original Passover was designed for children to come and watch and listen and then ask questions. Why are we doing that? Why do we eat that? Why? So anyway, I think it'll be fun and uh, I hope you'll come and do that. You'll need to sign up. I won't know how many Seder plates to prepare uh, unless I know you're coming. And so if you will, uh, you're going to get an email this coming week where you can click on something and it'll take you somewhere and then you can sign up. And uh, Tommy will be in charge of all that. Um, anyway, you'll be signing us up. Yeah, Larry yeah, will good. not be yeah, getting the email so you can <laughs> Yeah, I won't be involved easily. in that at all. And so you, but you need to sign up if you're going to come. And like I said, if you want to bring friends, please do. I just need to know how many are coming and I, I think you'll really enjoy it. And then the day in between that Friday night and that Sunday morning, Easter morning, we've reserved the one of the um, a pavilion. Pavilions, thank you.
Out at Shelby Farms from 9 a.m. to uh, to 1, 9 a.m. to 1, out by the children's playground, the big playground at Shelby Farms. There's a pavilion right across the street, the little road right below the uh, where the horses, the horse stables, and uh, we reserved that from 9 to 1. And uh, Derek uh, Shipley uh, is going to be he's a barbecue champion person. Uh, in Memphis in May, and he's going to be cooking barbecue for everybody. And we're just going to gather over there and um, have lunch. We'll provide lunch, and um, the kids can play, and we can sit around and just enjoy each other. If you if you would like to come and, and do that with us, we would love for you to do that as well. That'll be the Saturday uh, right before Easter uh, from 9 to 1. Again, you'll need to go to this deal that Tommy's going to send you, and... Uh, give us uh, the reserve it so that we'll know how much food to prepare and so if you would do that we sure would be grateful and um, I think it's going to be a lovely weekend and and just a time for us to enjoy one another enjoy the Lord anything I've forgotten I do not think so okay for some reason there's something else I think I'm gonna get scolded for but anyway I can't help that okay all right um, I have been doing for about, well, a couple of months, three months, I have been doing some extra study in the book of Genesis. Especially the first three chapters. And uh, I've studied Genesis for 40, over 40 years. And I've taught on Genesis Thousands of times, no kidding. But I, God has really been speaking to me in my study of Genesis, especially Genesis, well, 1, 2, and 3, and then later on. But anyway, in just a very powerful way. And I wanted to take a couple of Sundays and talk about a couple of things that I believe God wants us to consider related to Genesis and specifically those first three chapters. And I would just start off by making a declaration. And I did not believe this or understand this so strongly until this year. But um, I'm convinced if we could ever get clear what God is trying to say to us in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. The rest of the Bible, I'm convinced, would begin to fall into place. And I would declare to you that the reason the Bible isn't clear and doesn't fall into place like it should and could is because we don't really understand what God is trying to teach us and reveal to us in Genesis um, 1 and 2 and 3. Um, Last Sunday night, we gathered at Kim and Jerry's house, uh, C3 East, and um, uh, we, for our small groups, and we've been doing a little study the last few times we've gathered in Matthew chapter 5 on the Beatitudes, the first few verses of, the, of chapter 5. And uh, Derek uh, Shipley and John Hahn have been leading our small groups, and they've done a such a good job, dang. 
I, uh, I sat there Sunday night and just, I was so thankful to just, to, it, was, it was just, a, it, was, it was good, it was sweet, and the discussion and the comments and the observations and the insight of many of you, um, it, it was just great. Well, the whole point of the Beatitudes, the passage we were studying, was that in that passage, Jesus speaks nine blessings. That's what the Beatitudes are. Jesus speaking nine blessings upon you and me and his first disciples, but they continue. And so it's sort of, I got up from that uh, gathering and went home and I was just thinking about, I think we, did we walk? We, we walked, did. yeah. We were walking home from Kim and Jerry's and um, I was just thinking about Jesus speaking these nine blessings and it made me wonder, what does it mean to be blessed? What does that actually mean? When the Bible talks about, or Jesus says, blessed are you. What does that mean to be blessed? What is the Bible uh, saying about that? Um, the word blessing or the idea of blessing is a huge idea that runs through the book of Genesis. It also runs through the Torah or the Pentateuch, same thing, um, basically. Um, uh, but this idea of blessing, 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 it's a, it's a big idea that runs through Genesis, runs through the Torah, and as I said earlier, it actually links the rest of the Bible together, if we can see it. The Bible begins... Very first thing, right out of the gate. First story. It, it, it utter, God utters three blessings. Right out of the gate. Mom reminded us today from Ephesians 1, God was thinking of blessings before the foundation of the world. Before He ever even created anything, He was already planning how to bless us. I want you to think about that. Think about your image of God. When you're laying in bed at night or driving down the road and you think about God, how do you envision Him? Do you envision Him as a God that before anything existed but the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father, they were sitting around thinking about and talking about how to bless us. So it's a remark. I, I would say that for most of us, that is not how we think about God. That is not who we see God. Oh sure, He blesses, but that's not the dominant, the predominant idea that comes to our mind. But it's the, very, the Bible begins with blessing, the Bible also ends with blessing. The last story in the Bible, the, one of the last declarations that the Bible utters in Revelation 22 is, there will be, in, uh, what did I say, Revelation 22, it says, there will be no more curse. What that means is, that which has subdued or limited or tainted the blessings that God longs to pour out on us, didn't say stopped, but negatively impacted 
the blessings that God is wanting to pour out into your life, there'll be a day. The curse will be gone. There'll be no more curse. All the things that keep us from enjoying the blessings of God as God designed, that'll all be removed. It was a big, if you're reading, if you, if you, if, if you read Genesis with me and you read the, the lives of the patriarchs, huge idea that um, uh, the, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, on and on and on, all these dudes, it was a huge thing to these patriarchs that they pass down this, this blessing, this, this blessing of covenant. It was huge to Abraham that Isaac get it. I don't mean get the blessing, but that he gets in his brain, you have been chosen to experience the blessings of God. And we'll get into it way more than that. But don't you dare miss this. This is a big deal. And he passes it down to Isaac. And then Isaac passes it down. That's a, we'll talk about that down the road. But that, anyway, he passes it down. The <laughs> uh, unusual way. Then, then Jacob in Egypt passes it down um, to his sons, his 12 sons. This, they knew that they had been given this unique calling of God, this co covenant calling that included blessing. And so they, they passed it down. They pronounced it onto the next generation, if you will. You know what's interesting about the seven days of creation? Larry pointed this out to me in the study of this. And I never thought it and never noticed it. That the first four days of creation at the end of the day... God said, it's good. He looked at what happened, and he created the stars and, and the earth and the water and all, and um, the whole thing. And he said, it's good. But on day five, when he created the animals and the beasts, he said it was good. And he said to the animals and the beasts, um, uh, it's a blessing. He blessed them. Be fruitful and multiply. And, and then, of course, the on the sixth day, we're human beings. And he said the same thing. A blessing. Be fruitful and multiply. And then the seventh day is holy. Blessed is holy. I think it's interesting in this passing down idea that um, he said to human beings, be fruitful and multiply. And I think I've always thought, well, that means like, multi you know, reproduce, fill the earth with more of you. And I'm sure that that is exactly what it means literally. It's but included. It, that's right. But it is there's, included. there's a, a meta-literal, there's a, um, uh, a metaphorical idea here too. Pass it on. Yes. Pass this blessing on multiply yourselves your physical selves and multiply the blessing that was given mm. before time began i think don't you think that's part of it uh, at least at least part of it yes ma'am it's more than just reproducing ourselves it's so much more than that yeah it is reproducing ourselves but not just biologically yeah. it's reproducing that which we've been given as image bearers, we're getting it. Let me, let me, okay. let me get, let, we, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, this, the idea of blessing is a big deal in the Bible, in Genesis, in Dor uh, when uh, Christopher led us in that song, The Blessing. It's coming from uh, Numbers chapter 6, where God, God, the very first high priest, the, the human person 
that was responsible for standing before God's people and God. The, when he says, when you pray for my people, this is God talking. When you, high priest, pray for my people, the very first, not be holy, not be wise, not be um, provided for or protected. Those come, but the very first thing God tells Aaron, may the Lord bless you. It's a big deal that God stop. That's, that's the first thing that God wants the priest to pray over God's people. When Moses is about to retire, literally, and go up on the mountain and die, um, the, he gives this last speech, this pep talk, this challenge to the people before they go into the promised land. It's called, the, the, well, how, how do you know that? Because he wrote it down, it's called Deuteronomy. And uh, in that uh, farewell speech that Moses wanted the people of God to not forget, he takes two whole chapters of Deuteronomy, chapter 11 and chapter 30, and all he does is, I want you to go into the promised land. I want you to fight your battles. I want you to live your life. I want you to raise your families. I want you to grow your crops. Remembering that there is someone that is committed to pouring out his blessings upon your life. Josh, I don't think anybody in Israel got that. I think everybody was so excited. They were sharpening their swords and packing their backpacks and setting up, their, undoing their tents and, you know, getting their supplies. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. But one dude, Joshua. Joshua gets it. He is listening to every word that, Abraham, that, that uh, Moses says. Well, how do you know that? Because when he gets the people across the Jordan River and they're they're beginning their conquest of the promised land. Joshua does exactly the same thing. He gathers everybody together. And no, wait a minute, I think I even wrote that. Hold on just a minute here. Uh, sucker bill. Okay, here, right here. He says, all the people with their leaders were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant. This is Joshua 8. We're standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant, facing the priest. Yeah, who carried it. Both far, very important. Because, you know, Israel is God's chosen people. They're the ones that God really likes especially, especially much, more than me and you. Is that right? Now, Joshua chapter 8 says, All the people with their leaders were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant, facing the priest who carried it, both foreigners and native-born, were standing there half before Mount Gerizim and half before Mount Ebal, as Moses, God's servant, had commanded. Then Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as were written in the book of the law. Joshua read every word that Moses commanded to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women, the children, and the foreigners who lived among them. Very significant that the the book in the Bible devoted to worshiping God. Very first psalm. What is it? How does it start? Blessed. Blessed is the one 
It's the book of Psalms starts with the idea of blessing. The longest psalm, Psalm 119, it's nothing but blessed are you if, blessing or, blessed are you if. The first book of Psalms, the, last, the longest uh, book in Psalms, they both stress this idea of blessing. And, well, I'll get into that later on. I already said to y'all, very first sermon, lesson, teaching that Jesus as far as we know, that he uttered. The very first, Matthew says, Jesus gathered everybody together, and the very first thing he taught them is these nine blessings. Now, they're unusual blessings from uh, our standpoint, but they're nonetheless blessings. Genesis is, if you, if you really want to understand the book of Genesis, Genesis is the story of how God's creation experienced a great rupture, a great... It was impacted in a horrific, in such a horrific way that the blessings of God that He longed before time began to pour out upon us, they were negatively impacted. Not stopped, but impacted hindered, uh, tainted. It's like, anyway, anyway, you you see what I'm saying there. And then the rest of Genesis and the rest of the Bible is nothing more than the story of how God has been restoring that which happened in Genesis chapter 3. The other thing the book of Genesis stresses that I hope you'll get, if you don't get it, you won't get the Bible. The book of Genesis reveals to us that God's plan for restoring things as they were supposed to be, the way they were in Genesis 1 and 2, God's plan for restoration of His blessings, it's always the same. God chose one person. And he placed a calling upon his life or her life. Poured out his blessings upon this person with the purpose of impacting many. The one was impacted with great blessing so that that one could then impact many. If you don't get that, you've missed the Bible. God calls and blesses the one who then impacts the many with God's blessings. That's what Shirley was touching on. That's, that's, well, how do you know that? God called the one, Noah, who then impacted the many. God called Abraham, the one who impacted the many. God called Isaac. God called a Jacob, God called Joseph, God called Moses, God called Samuel, God called, uh, did I say Joshua, uh, David, uh, Samuel and David, and on and on and on. Throughout the Bible, God's plan's always the same. He doesn't change anything. God calls the one, pours out his blessings on him with the purpose of that being shared 
with the many. And do you know, that is God's still His plan for you. God wants you to be the one at work, in your home, in your, in your little neighborhood, wherever you are. God wants to, God is calling the one to, to rise up and experience His blessings so that He then can impact the many through the one. If you and I don't get, well, what if, I, what's my purpose? What am I doing here on this earth? Why do I have breath? Why do I get up in the morning? That's a big question with many answers. But not the least of which is God is raising you up and if you don't get this you will die and God will be so happy to see you and love you but you'll go what an idiot I think that I don't want you to do that I don't want to do that I don't want to stand before God and go not afraid or ashamed or that's not what I mean but I thought what an idiot that I missed this that God was calling me and blessing me so that I could be raised up and impact the many. The idea of blessing, we should be through with this by the 4th of July. Um, we'll end with this. The idea of blessing means different things to different people. Um, Terry Townsend, mm-hmm. hi. Terry and I have a precious friend, one of my favorite people on the planet. He calls me about once a week, once every 10 days, Mr. Charles. And uh, he, I, would love to, I would love to love the Lord. Anyway, he has such a, he, just, he loves the Lord so much. And he calls me about, like I said, about once a week. And he'll say, Brother, Larry, bro, uh, Brother Ray. That's what he calls Brother Ray, how are you doing? And I say, I'll say this or that. And then I'll say, uh, Mr. Charles, how are you? He says the same thing to me every time. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. He's not a wealthy man. He's, not a, he doesn't, he's, got, a, he's got a world full of problems. But if you ask him how he's doing, he says, I'm blessed. Wonder what he means by that. Wonder what he means by that to say, I am blessed. Um, we bless the meal. We, we, we have a blessing over the meal. Wonder what we mean. What, what, do you do that? I don't know whether you do that or not. That's a big deal to me. The, the New Testament talks about that, that we should do that. We should pray over our food. My question is, what's the purpose? Am I asking God to make the food safe and healthy? Or am I thanking God because He's my source of provision? Maybe both. I don't know, but I've always wondered about that. We say the blessing over the food. Um, What was the word in Dutch when you sneeze? (laughs) You'll recognize that it's it's gezondheid. What does that mean? It really means health. Yeah, like health. proclaiming that's right. health that's right. on you. So, you know, every time we said, we don't, I don't think we say that as much anymore. Bless yeah. you is what we say. Yeah, yeah. Someone sneezes. Yeah. But it was a pro, uh, in Dutch, in German, it's a proclamation of health on you. Yeah, saying like health. Health. Yeah. Yeah. 
idea stemmed from that idea that I think when you sneezed back in the dark ages Stop or the middle ages, either you were opening your life up to a demon getting yeah. in you or you blew, you would blow your spirit out and you were sort of blowing it back into the person or something. I don't know. But anyway, we came up with this idea of saying, God bless you when you sneeze. Um, being Suppose we ought to say God bless you all the time, not just with we, a sneeze. Yes, we should. Yes, I we mean, should. really, be thinking about that. Hmm. How are you doing? Being a true Southern uh, belle that you are, um, one of the phrases that you say... I don't know whether to say uh-huh. thank you or... Well, well, I don't mean that I'm mean. kidding, I'm kidding. I, I don't mean that mean. I think that's... I'm, I, I'm happy I married a Southern girl uh, or lady. Um, uh, uh, but one of the things that you say periodically is, uh-huh. bless your heart. Oh, bless her heart or bless your heart. What do you mean by I, that? I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> you know, it has two meanings. Sometimes it means, oh, bless her, like that she needs some blessings. And sometimes it means just the opposite. <laughs> so I suppose it depends on the motive. I think that's... I think that could be a, a, a declaration of sarcasm. How's she doing? <laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. But then sometimes, I think it's said, as in, oh, bless her heart, she did something nice for somebody. Yeah. Oh, bless her heart, yeah. you know. Uh, that, the whole idea of we sang it several times and you just said it, we say, bless the Lord. wonder what that means. What does it mean to bless the Lord does the Lord need blessing? When I say, God bless Austin, what I'm really, I, I want God to bless you. But when I say, bless the Lord, we sang that the, the Bible's filled with declarations. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. The word hallelujah actually in Hebrew means um, give honor, give glory, give blessing. To the Lord. That's what the word hallelujah originally means. So when we say hallelujah, we're saying bless the Lord, if you will. Um, but when, it, when we say bless the Lord, what are we really saying? Um, yeah, I think those are interesting ideas to, to think about. The point that I want you to consider right now is this. Rare would be the person in this room who would not agree with me that at the end of the day, when we can say, if we say I'm blessed, what I really mean is I have health, happiness, well-being, success, and I have a life that is free or at least minimized of pain, loss, and need. That's what we mean when we say, I'm blessed. I don't have problems, pain, need, and I have a boatload of good stuff. That's what we, I think, mean when we say I'm blessed or you're blessed um, we'll, we'll touch on one more thing just because I want you to have something to go home and think about I want you to go home and take some 
time and really ponder day 5, 6, and 7 in Genesis 1 where the Lord says, uh, he, 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 he speaks a blessing in day 5, as my bride said, on the animals, specifically the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, the sea animals and the air animals. But I, th- I don't think I'm doing disservice to say he's speaking a blessing on the animal kingdom, if you will. And the blessing is, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Um, and he says that three different times. Um, and I would just challenge you as you think about that, that the first blessing, God's first blessing, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Those words, the first word, be fruitful, always is associated with life. Be full of life. Be the source of life. Experience life. Be the, the venue through which life flows. That, the word fruit of the, of the womb, is, there's a new life in you, right? So that's where, that's where we get that idea. This Be fruitful. Be a, a, a source of life. A recipient of life. A, a venue of life. Uh, that's what that be fruitful and then it says and multiply in God's economy life is never supposed to stay contained it's never supposed to be restricted it's never supposed to be reserved it's never supposed to be hoarded or or um, yeah I like the word hoarded that's a good word it's a terrible word but it's a good word for this idea God's life God's blessing of life should never be hoarded. It's supposed to expand and thrive and grow. That's, that's the idea. And increase. And that last word is the best word of all, though, for me. Be fruitful. Be the recipient and the venue of life. That life should grow and expand and thrive, and flourish, and increase. But then he adds, and fill the earth. If you've got a coffee cup, and you say to me, fill my coffee cup up with coffee, what are you asking me to do? You want me to make that coffee cup full. And what God is saying there is, that God's blessings were designed To not just exist, not just expand, but they're supposed to literally saturate or permeate all of God's creation. It's a huge idea. And there's a counter idea that we're going to come across if you read the book of Genesis carefully down the road where it says that the sons of men, they, they, as they got further, further and further away from the garden, from Adam and Eve and that generation and God's good plan, they got meaner and darker and uglier and more wicked and more evil. 
And there came a day where the Bible says that the sons of men saturated or filled the earth with the blood of other men. Do do you see the image there? God saying, I created you and invited you into this great plan and that is to literally be the recipient of life, the venue of life, and that life should grow and spread and you I'm going to give you so much life you can't keep it you can't contain it you, you'll have so much that you'll just be giving it away and that's what I want you to do with the end goal that my blessings will permeate the not just your life your family's life your friends' lives, your community's life, your country's life, or even this world. And I think that's part of what God, we have such pitiful views. That's what I was trying to tell y'all a couple, last week or a couple of weeks ago when I talked about that we see heaven as this place up, up way away somewhere that you, when you die you go to be there. That is not what the Bible says. And if you came to church like you're supposed to, then you heard that. Um, uh, that heaven, God's going to bring heaven here. And heaven is going to be the place where God's blessings saturate everything. All of creation. Not Yes, Memphis. Yes, 5118 Greenway Cove. Yes, uh, East Memphis. Yes, Memphis. Yes, Tennessee. Yes, the United States. Yes, Earth. But God's blessings are going to be saturating and permeating all of creation. And which fits into that idea that you talked to me about. Oh, she's all into uh, spaceships and I stars and meteorites and comets and all that shenanigans. But one, I watched but, a 13-minute <laughs> video today. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but anyway, um, that idea that, that uh, according to you, which it fits perfectly into what I believe the Bible's teaching about that the universe is expanding. That's what they say. Now you think about that, that if that's right, and they don't know because they ain't been to the edge, but, they, but Shirley says they say that the universe is expanding. Well, if it, if it is, what more amazing idea to be in perfect harmony with what the Bible says that God's plan is for His blessings to be permeating and saturating, and if this is a, not an event or a state, but a process that we've been invited to, that as the universe expands, we will be involved in the, 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 the permeating and the saturating of God's blessing, and it'll be an ongoing experience. It's such a cool idea. I want you to leave today just thinking about, just remembering. God, the, the Bible does not... Genesis 1. Let me leave it there. Genesis 1, when it talks about the blessings of God, it's not talking about a problem-free life. It's not talking about a pain-free life. It's not talking about a life with bank loads of money. It's not talking about a clean bill of health. 
I'm not saying that God's blessings don't include that or touch on that. All the things that I read to you. Health, happiness, well-being, success, absence of problems, pain and need. I'm not saying that it doesn't touch on that or include that. But that's not what you... When Genesis 1 presents the idea of blessing, what, it's, what it presents is not that stuff. It's God saying first to the animals and then to his image bearers, hey, you have been created with a purpose. And that purpose is to be the recipient of life in every way you could imagine the word life being defined. And then that life expanding and growing and thriving and multiplying and flourishing to the point that it literally saturates the ground. I don't have time to go there, but anyway, the, the very thing that Adam and Eve, when they said, no thanks God, then the ground experienced curse. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating idea. Blessing is not the absence of problems and pain. Read Hebrews 11. There is no chapter in the Bible that has a longer more specific list of people who were blessed. Have you ever read Hebrews 11? Anybody want a, the life of one of the... Anybody want to swap with any of the people in Hebrews 11? No thanks. But they were the blessed ones. They were the blessed ones. And then Jesus' list of blessings. Blessed are those who mourn and weep and are poor and are spoken ill against and persecuted. Anybody want to say, yeah, Jesus, that's the blessing I want. I'm a blessed man. Is that what I mean? No. The Bible has a very different idea about what blessing means. God's blessings in Genesis did not focus on material things. Although the material things were there, that's not the emphasis, that's not the focus, that's not the main thing. The main focus of blessing in Genesis 1 is God offers His image bearers purpose and impact and relationships that are filled with peace and unity. pick it up there. <clears throat> Read Genesis 1, especially those last three days. And uh, I, know, I know some of you are going to say, well, the last day, the seventh day, is really in chapter 2. I know that. The chapters weren't in what Moses wrote anyway, so that's not my fault that the chapel, chapter givers messed that up. That's not my fault. Because uh, it was one story. But anyway, um, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We'll pick it up next week. Yep. Okay? Um, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You, uh, you have been reminded today twice that before God created Light, or water, or earth, or stars, 
are flying creatures or land creatures or anything else. He and the other two members of the Trinity were discussing how your life was going to be filled with his blessings, with their blessings, if you will. We of all people have most certainly been blessed because the creator of the universe has called us blessed and has called us to a life of blessing to an existence that possesses life and has invited us. That's what it means when it says later on, it says the animal kingdom was blessed, be fruitful and multiply and fill. But then God says to us, the image bearers, be fruitful and multiply and fill and rule. We've been given the, the, the extra blessing of being responsible for making sure that the rest of creation is also blessed the way God wants them to be blessed. I want, I want us to get that. And I know that there's not a person in this room that cannot look at the problems of our world, the sadness and the sickness and the war and the pain and the injustice and the evil and go, how does that fit? That's a big question for another day. But God would declare from Romans chapter 8, I sent my son to die so that you could experience my blessings. Please don't doubt me. There are reasons to scratch our head. But I beg you to believe that if I sent my son to die, surely that's proof enough that I meant what I said. And so we eat uh, bread and drink wine which represent the body and the blood of Jesus, just to remind ourselves that we are loved and we are blessed and that we want, with God's help, to be a means through which we bless the rest of His creation. Let it be so. So, you come and you take and eat and remember and give thanks um, I invite you to do that now in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm.